I'm Kim, and you're listening to Kim's in Sweden. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me in yet another podcast episode. I have been looking at some analytics from my podcast, and I think it's really cool to see where everybody is listening from. I have a lot of listeners in Sweden. Thank you, guys. I have a lot in um, the US. I have a lot in South America. Then I have people in the Middle East. I have people in Australia, New Zealand. So wherever you're listening from, a huge thank you for tuning in. And I'm glad to see that you are enjoying listening to this podcast. And in today's episode... I wanted to talk about how to get your Swedish residence permit to live in Sweden and I'm going to talk about specifically the Sambo residence permit that's if you are going to live with your significant other in Sweden so I don't know about work permits um, so unfortunately if you are looking for like a work permit to go and live in Sweden I don't have the answers for you but if moving to your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance who lives in Sweden is something that you are trying to gather some information on how to get that process started, then this is the podcast episode for you. I also have filmed a few YouTube videos about this topic, which I will link everything down below, all of my videos um, that have information on how to apply to be your residence permit and my process that I went through. And I have to say before we start, I am not a lawyer or anything, so please don't take any of this as legal advice on what you should do for your specific case. But I recently got my Swedish residence permit to go and live with my fiance. So obviously what I did worked in my case, so hopefully you can get some pointers and get some helpful information if this is something that you need information on. Now, I applied for my residence permit in July, and it is now May, and I just actually got my physical residence permit card in the mail like two weeks ago. Um, so it took about nine months from start to finish in my case, and the first thing that you are going to want to do when applying is make sure that you guys have met each other in person. If you have not met each other in person, if you only met online and you've been talking online only, then from what I've read and from what I've gathered, they will not, the Swedish Migrahundsverket, um, who are the people that will grant your residence permit, will not grant it to couples who have never actually met in person. Because the number one base for granting a residence permit is to make sure that the relationship is a solid, actual relationship. And um, if you haven't met each other in person, then it just looks a little bit sketchy to them. Like, do you really love each other? Are you just using the other person to get your residence permit for Sweden? You know, so, so make sure that you have met each other. And also that you have pictures together, chat logs, plane tickets from when you've flown back and forth to see each other. You're going to need some evidence of your relationship when you submit your application. So if you have um, some evidence that you are an actual couple and if you have met each other in person, then the first thing that you are going to need to do is to log on to migrahundsverket.se and I will um, list, I will link that website down below 
um, in the description box of this podcast. So you're going to log on to there and on the homepage, I don't know if it's listed on the homepage, but you can use the search bar and search to uh, search for residence permit Sweden. And the one that you are going to want is it says moving to someone in Sweden. So you are going to be moving to your significant other in Sweden. So if you click that, it will bring you to a page with a ton of information about how to apply, um, how long the process usually takes for your specific country, because it does depend on which country you're applying from. It could take a longer amount of time um, than the nine months that it took for me. I know the U.S., it's a pretty short waiting time as opposed to some other countries like um, Middle Eastern countries and South American countries, I know have a generally longer waiting period. So um, there's like a little tool you can use that says um, if you have ever applied for a residence permit, if you are going to be mailing in your application or sending it in online, which I recommend because it's much, much faster and you can, um, you don't have to like print out all the papers and fill it in and send it in. It just... I mean, it's 2022. If you can't fill out an application online, then I don't know what to tell you. Excuse me. Let me just take a, a drink of water because I can feel my hoarse voice is starting. So you are going to create a username and a password for this website and you're going to log in and start your application. Now, you have 30 days from the time you start your application. It will save all of your information until you can send it in. So it does take a long time to fill out this application because they ask a lot of detailed questions. And so you can start it, go back to it in two weeks, go back to it in one week. And as long as 30 days hasn't passed, it'll save from where you left off for your application. However, if you start it and then you say, I need to I need to think about, you know, the answers that I'm going to write. And then you wait 40 days until you go back to it. You're going to have to start the application all over again. So make sure that you can fill it out within 30 days. Otherwise, you're just going to have to start from scratch, which is super annoying. So the basic questions that I asked you is stuff like your name, your parents' names, how many siblings you have, their names, um, your background, where you grew up how you and your partner met. Um, they ask you about your partner's family's information. So you're gonna need to know their birth dates, their um, person numbers. Um, you're going to need to send in some type of proof that you are single. So in some countries they have like a, a single status paper. In the US, we do not have such paper. So in my case, I just got a single status affidavit. So I wrote up, I typed up myself just saying that I am single and free to marry and I got it notarized and I included that. I took a screenshot of it and I sent it in with my application. You're also going to need to pick, take a picture or scan your passport. Um, so you fill all of that out, you send it in and then your partner receives an email from Migrahundsverket with basically the same application and then they need to also fill it out and send in their information. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is just so hoarse. Um, so they will fill it out, send it in, and then they also need to meet the supply requirements. So they need to make a certain amount of money per month and they need to prove that they live in an apartment or house that is big enough for the two of you. 
And all of that information, how big it has to be and how much money they have to make, you can find on the Mikrohunsverket website. So they're going to need to send in some pay slips and um, like an apartment contract, I believe. Um, but, you know, if they live in Sweden, then they should be able to find that no problem. So they're going to send that in. And then after that, oh, I'm sorry, when you send in the application, you also pay a fee. I think it was about $200 or $300, the application fee. Um, so when you send in your application, you pay the fee, then your partner gets the um, their version of the application. Also, they do not have to pay a fee. So after that, the waiting game begins and you really hear nothing from Migrahunsverket until you until they are ready to book your interview. Now, in my case and in a lot of people's cases, they send in updates um, even before Migrahunsverket emails you to schedule your application. So I went back and forth to Sweden like three times, three or four times. From the time I sent in the application, I went to visit my partner a few times. So every time I would come back to America, I would email Migrahunsverket, um, just the general email address, and send them pictures of us together. I sent them plane tickets um, and just let them know that I was in Sweden visiting my partner. Can you please add this to my case details? And when you email them, you're going to include your case number, which they will give you after you send in your application. Um, and you can also log in to Migrahunsverket from time to time. And if you put in your control number, it'll tell you where your case is at, the status of your case. But honestly, that's not a very helpful tool because basically all it tells you is that we have your application and we are waiting for a decision. And then it tells you when they've made a decision, which at that point, you know that they've made a decision. So it's really not the most helpful tool ever, but it is there. Um, so I sent in updates of my case every time I went to Sweden to visit my partner. And then in February, was it? Yes, in February. So I sent in my application the beginning of July and I got an email mid-February to schedule my interview. So I, I had actually booked a ticket to go visit my partner for three months um, I was going to go February, March, April. So I emailed them back and I asked if I could do my interview at, in May when I got back. And then like after thinking about it for a few hours, I was like, no, I'll just cut my Sweden trip short and come back early so I can do my interview because the residence permit is really what I was waiting for. Although I wanted to go and, you know, visit my partner for a few months, the residence permit really took priority. So I decided to cut my trip short and come back and then do the interview. But by the time, so they emailed, sorry, um, I know I'm talking fast and kind of all over the place. <laughs> Let me center myself. So I got the email to schedule my interview in February. I emailed them back and I asked them if I could schedule it for May, which dates they had available. And when she first sent me the interview, she said that they had an available date like February 12th or March 12th or something like that. And by the time I decided, okay, I'm going to cut my trip short. And I said, I'll take the March 12th date. It had already been given away. And she already said, we don't have that date anymore. Now we have March 28th as the nearest date. So what I'm trying to say is when you get your... Um, 
mail to schedule your interview, make sure you do it quick because it obviously fills up very fast. And I got my mail to do the interview in um, February and the earliest that they had that I could come in was March 28th. So I still had to wait more than a month to come and do my interview. I did my interview in the Swedish embassy in Washington, D.C. You have to do your interview at the Swedish embassy in your country. You can't do it inside of Sweden. Um, and also, I should say, you cannot apply for this inside Sweden. You have to do it from your home country. <clears throat> so, um, unless you have like a, a, tour, a student visa or something and you're changing it to a Sambo visa... I believe you can do it from inside Sweden, but that is not what I did. So I don't want to give you the wrong information. So if you're on a student visa or something in Sweden, don't listen to any of this. This is just for people who, you know, just want to move to Sweden and they live in another country. They don't live inside of Sweden right now. Um, so what, what am I talking about here? Yes, the interview. So you are going to go for an interview at the embassy in your country or the closest neighboring country because I know some countries don't have a Swedish embassy um, and when you go you are going to the, they'll let you know what documents need, you need to bring in my case I had to bring my passport my um, single status affidavit and then I also just printed out pictures and flight tickets and stuff just to show you know more proof of our relationship so I brought all of that and I was very nervous for the interview because you don't know what questions they're going to ask you. So I was preparing for questions like, when is your partner's parents' birthdays, you know, just to like keep me on my toes and make sure that I really knew them. But the interviewer, she was so, so nice. And I honestly didn't even realize that I was doing the interview until we were like two questions in and then I was like, wow, this is it. This is really easy. So you go in, you sign a form that says, um, I want my residence permit card mailed to me. And so you don't have to go and pick it up at the embassy if it's approved. So I filled that out with my address and I paid the fee, which was like $10. And I also filled out a paper that said, I wanted my fiance in Sweden to have power, my power of attorney so that the decision would be mailed to him like physically. So they would email me the decision, but they would mail him the decision, which as far as he says, it still has not. Um, hold on, my mom is screaming. So then you go for your interview and after the interview, you wait for your decision on your case, if they're going to grant you your residence permit or not. And throughout this whole process, you have something that you can send in to Migrhundsverket that is called the request to conclude. So that request to conclude is your request for them to conclude your case and give you a decision. But you can only send this in once throughout the entire process and you can send it in after six months has passed if you have not gotten a decision. So most people send this in after the interview and it's not recommended to send it in before the interview because 99.9% .9 of people have to go for the interview. The only people that I've seen that have gotten their residence permit without having an interview are people who have lived together in another country outside of Sweden and who have been married for like 
10 plus years and have kids together and there's really no denying that they have an actual solid relationship. Everybody else has to come in for the interview. So um, I sent in this request to conclude my case the day after my interview and then I got my decision one week later and it was a positive decision. Um, So when you send in the request to conclude, they have four weeks to answer your request. They can deny your request to conclude, but not actually deny your case. So if they deny your request to conclude, that just means they're saying, no, we can't answer you within four weeks. We need more time on your case. But your case has still not been decided yet. Um, But like in my case, you know, I sent it in and then they obviously saw that I was in a real relationship and they granted me a positive decision. So after that, um, I emailed, what did I do? I emailed the person who I did the interview with because she had told me to email her. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I did. Sorry, I'm just thinking. Yes. So I emailed her and she told me, wow, that was so fast, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, I will let you know when the residence card arrives. It should be here in about two to three weeks, and then I will mail it to you. So after that, um, she did not email me, but her, uh, like the, the embassy itself emailed me and said that your residence card has arrived and we are sending it up with FedEx. So I got the residence permit card about three weeks after I got my positive decision. So... Um, that is how to apply for your Swedish Sambo residence. If you still have more questions, then, um, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is Kim's in Sweden. And, um, like I said, I will link all of the videos that I have done for YouTube where I talk about this topic. I will link them all down below. I will also link the Migrahunsverket website. And I will also link this Facebook group that I'm a part of that is for people who are applying for the residence permit as well. Um, So there's tons of questions and answers within that group and you can find a lot of valuable information. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any podcast topics that you want to hear, then um, send me a DM on Instagram. And other than that, I hope you have a fabulous week and feel free to check out my content over on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Have a good one. Bye.